1: Your image of yourself contains no information about how you structure your nervous system. It contains no information about your blood chemistry. It contains almost no information about the subtle influences of society upon your behaviour. It does not include the basic assumptions of your culture, which are all taken for granted and unconscious. And you can't find them out unless you study other cultures to see how their basic assumptions differ. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's beautiful episode. I got to have my buddy, Mr. Logan Gelbrick, on the show. Uh, Logan is a former professional baseball player for the San Diego Padres. He is, currently owns and operates what I've gathered to be one of the most innovative movement centers that I've been into here in uh, Venice, California, called Deuce Gym. Highly recommend anybody check that out if they're ever in the Los Angeles area. And um, yeah, he's just got a wealth of knowledge to pull from. so we dig in to some of that in this show. So I hope you guys enjoy.
0: In reverse, there's a story there. Here's what it does. It goes up and it goes down and then it goes up and it goes down. But we got to be careful because that story makes sense in reverse. But going forward, it's not fair to say that that's what the market does. It goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down because things happen. Like that, right up until they don't. Mm. Black Swan. Black Swan. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Thank you so much for tuning into the website, AlignTherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N-Therapy.com. On there, you will find hundreds of videos in self-care and functional movement. And you can get yourself 10% off on Four Sigmatic products. Um, anybody leaving reviews, if we read your review on the show, um, we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic mushrooms. So uh, mushrooms of your choice. You can get cordyceps or lion's mane or reishi or whatever you're into. Just uh, shoot me a message and we will get you a box. Cordyceps is, they do various different tea and coffee blends or mushrooms on their own. Um, of all the best medicinal mushrooms you could you could shake a stick at and uh, I utilize them every single day. Get yourself 10% off at foursigmatic.com slash align. So use the align code on the website or type in F-O-U-R Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot slash align and get yourself 10% off on any purchase through Four Sigmatic. Uh, quote that I have for you guys, kind of a little bit of a random quote, um, but from Nikola Tesla, and he says the scientists of today think deeply instead of clearly. One must be sane to think clearly, but one can think deeply and be quite insane. I just think the I, I like that quote because I like the the process of clarifying our thoughts. I think is is a quite relevant journey, uh, whether it be through writing, whether it be through joining a men's group or women's group, and kind of talking through your ideas. Just kind of getting out out of that, like spinning your wheels in your own in your own thoughts. I think it's a relevant endeavor. Um, Thank you so much for utilizing the affiliate link on the website aligntherapy.com so or the affiliate link for amazon rather um so anytime you use that link just bookmark that thing and we get end up getting seven percent of your purchase and just takes that directly out of amazon and kicks that down to align podcast foundation so that helps support this show greatly helpful and appreciative um i think that might be close to all the things that we need I hope you guys are having a beautiful day and hope you enjoy this conversation. Here we go. Back to the show with Mr. Logan Gelbrick. line Podcast. This is a great backyard, man. We're yeah. Here with the rose bushes. It looks very presidential. It's regal here. Yeah.
0: Well, the? Uh, a lot of the speeches are done there. <laughs> a lot of the keynotes. <laughs> We get the house together every quarter. Yeah. Just yeah, go over do the, the, the quarterly the the financials and the, the whatnot. It's important uh, to learn the numbers. In the uh the rose garden. Yeah. No, this is actually I couldn't really draw it up any better, you know. I um I walk walk to work or skateboard to work. Or ride my bike to work. Um,
1: that's almost like unnecessary. Yeah, it's too much.
0: Four houses. It's too much if you ride the bike. <laughs> it's like lazy, I think, if you... Yeah, <laughs> it's all lazy, for sure. But, you know, it, I make an Americano in the morning and it doesn't... The temperature does not drop a degree between when I make it and by the time <laughs> I get there, you know, so... So the qualm that's probably majority of the world,
1: if they have a qualm with CrossFit, I think one of the main qualms may be it's that we're all about the numbers we're all about the competition and we're kind of grinding through movements in a it's getting lost in the numbers and the competition and the timing of it and and as opposed to really focusing on the quality of the movement and i actually didn't see that at your place which is really magnificent (laughs) thank god yeah thank you baby jesus thank you yeah
0: we did it. Seriously. We tricked them. Yeah. You know, it's like the secret shoppers, that come in, and you got to dial it, and I'm just playing. Yeah. Uh, that's good that you didn't see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I only saw,
1: you know, 10, 15 minutes. Right, okay. But from right. what I saw. Just stop talking. It was great. <laughs> it was <good. laughs> From I'm what I saw, kidding. I was like, uh, oh, shit. Like this. They're is all
0: paid actors. Yeah, right. Fake. <laughs> Fake. Um, yeah. You know, here's the thing the qualm of crossfit i'm actually really passionate about this yeah. um there's fitness is very emotionally charged you know yeah. it doesn't take much time in the fitness space to realize that people are very passionate about this and sometimes that brings out the best in humanity and sometimes it brings out the absolute worst you know you can almost pick any specific discipline you could argue strongman is pretty bad at it the powerlifting community is pretty bad at it um CrossFit would like to think that we're really good and generally I would say it's pretty good uh, but even it has its own drama you know because people are so emotionally tied to fitness they get into their corner and they have their sort of like dogma and they want to defend it and it creates these like us versus them things and CrossFit is a, a part of that you know there's a lot of people that have strong opinions against CrossFit and here's the deal I don't think anybody is mm, in disagreement about the fact that we don't like poor, mu- poor movement. Yeah. You know, there's there's not a, a pro CrossFit individual or an anti-CrossFit individual who will sit down and be like, well, I'm kind of into poor movement, and my deal <laughs> is, like, go for it and just charge really hard and injuries happen. Like, no one's really saying that, right? And really. so this thing is, whereas I understand the opportunity – For intensity to get in the way of function in some places and whatnot. I I see that opportunity. Thank God for us as coaches. Form is this annoying word that we throw around a lot. And performance and safety. Here's the big secret is those are all the same thing. Right? Like People want to make it something different. Like uh, when... Beginners come in all the time, they'll say something like, you know, uh, I'm really interested in proper form. I don't want to lift heavy weights, I just want to learn the form. And I say, great news, because the only way you lift heavy weights is with great form. That is one and the same. And so, sure, people can butcher CrossFit in the same way they can butcher anything else. But I think... The mistake is that when people who don't really know what it is have an opinion from a distance that want to argue about the principles. I've actually never heard an argument against the principles of CrossFit that I think really stands up. And again, I think when people get bummed out about CrossFit, they're bummed out about the same things that CrossFitters are bummed out. We all want to move better. We all need to move better. And guess what? Moving better is performing better. Yeah. Right? Those aren't the opposite ends of a spectrum. And so, um, of course, we can do a better job. I'd argue, in fact, that that's a point of pride for us at the gym is creating context in the room for the people that are there you know of course you can have a bunch of people come into a class and you can tell them first person to the end wins ready go yeah right and that creates an atmosphere that is a bummer in a lot of ways one in terms of safety and performance and and quality of movement surely uh but that's also just horrible coaching you know that that's just flat out that's not a crossfit thing that's just bad coaching you know and here's the thing i used to there's a short period of my life I'm very fortunate that I skipped a lot of the fitness industry stuff, right? I went from team sports in an insulated environment of training directly into sort of what I'm doing now, and there was just a little bit of contact with, like, the LA Fitnesses of the world and the the Planet Fitness. That's my my first job. You know? Okay, yeah. 16 years old. Here's what I used to do, (laughs) is I used to go into those places and look... Like a secret shopper, yeah. right? Scouting. Could I find one person moving well, and you cannot. Yeah. But these are the people that are like, "Oh, I tell you what, man, you got to stay out of those CrossFit gyms because they'll kill you." Right. Right. It's like, really, what are we doing in here? Yeah. You know, it's the same thing that we see on the internet all the time. It's like, anybody sees a video of someone doing kipping pull-ups on the internet, and they just get just completely crucified in the comment section, right? But th- these are people that don't really understand what a strict pull-up is either. Right, right. so you're going to argue that someone is putting together a skill transfer understanding of like a kipping pull-up, but when you have a strict pull-up, it's a strict-ish pull-up. So you have shitty understanding of a kip, and you're going to talk shit about this deal, right? You know, it's like, so So let's call a spade a spade, right? And if we're going to talk about quality of movement, let's see it. Yeah. You know, and I think so um, I, I'm really hesitant to, to attaching CrossFit to a generalized – error um, in principle, you know, I I really think that that sort of stands up. And just like any other movement practice, there's an opportunity to do it well and there's an opportunity to not do it well. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. The big thing. So you have all your coaches read, uh, mindset, Carol, Carol Dweck. Yeah. How do yeah. you find that out? Secrets? I, s- I stalk. I do, oh. I do preparation. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Been stalking you for days. Mm. Um, and, I think it's, that's, so that's the the crossroads that I find really interesting is if we're able to change people's perspective on what it means to move, what it means to think, what it means to create yourself, create your life, work with your family, like everything that you do, how you do anything is how you do everything, you know, so if you can start tapping into that mindset component of, you know, I don't mind that I'm weak or I move in kind of what could be considered to be like a poor way, because to me, I've found this passion in getting better. Right. So I found this passion in moving a centimeter forward as opposed to being just kind of stuck in this. I need to win the Super Bowl or whatever. It's like, dude, you're probably never going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you can really enjoy your next step. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of re-
0: that reframe. If we can do that, th- I think that's an answer. Well, that's the only relevant conversation. That's the only thing that you and I have in common. The lady across the street, the, the, you know, Lindsay in the other room. Right. And, it, you know, the pursuit, the process is the only thing that's forever relevant. Yeah. You know, because if it ever was about winning the game, like if you were like, done, nailed it, I'm fit, if that was a thing, then we would all go around trying to defend your, your place there. But what we can do is create context with movement to the point where no one is ever done. Like, have you ever met someone who's like, "I'm strong enough. I'm just gonna like learn other stuff now." It's like, yeah. no, there's no such thing as that, right? It's it's always a, it's a an equal burden across the board, and so that's the reason why you can sort of like create an environment where it's a it's a gut check to any anyone and everyone. You know, no one can come in there and just like, you know, posture up to the fact that they've mastered movement because movement goes on forever, yeah. you know. All right, guys, we're going to work on a progression today uh, in an inversion to where we're going to talk about something insane called a handstand push-up, right? You have some guy rolling in there like, Psh, I got some handstand push-ups. Okay, cool. So can you do those freestanding? Can you do those freestanding free to a deficit? Can you do those freestanding to a deficit strict? You know, this just goes on forever, yeah. you know, and so there's no um, finish line, and and as coaches, that's not just a trick. That's the truth. And so you can enroll people in this perspective that you're talking about with the reality of it, which is, what are you becoming? That's the most powerful question I can think of. Yeah. Right. It's, I mean, that will be a relevant thing. Even when I said it, you're like, well, what am I becoming? Right. Yeah, and if yeah, you yeah. ask yourself that on Sunday morning, it will matter. And if you ask th- that five years from now, it will matter. And the moment that you're done – becoming something then you are a dead person in my opinion (laughs) whether you're still alive or not you're a dead person yeah you know and so i think one of the biggest gifts that a coach could provide anyone including themselves is that perpetual commitment to the process what are you becoming and that question in and of itself removes the idea that there's some sort of finish line yeah you know and and uh that just changes the game. Now we're all learners, right? I don't have to defend my thing. I'm not right, trying to make everybody else a little bit wrong, or respect how right I am. It's just like, hey, man, we're we're moving forward. We're evolving. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's something. Somebody. Have you ever heard the quote? Something like, you know, trust those that are asking questions, and run for the hills from those that have hard answers. It's it's not yeah. like that exactly, but it's like something like The, that. the, yeah, the yeah, students totally. are the. It's like the you know you meet the old master and the yeah. kid, you know whatever. It's like he's still a student. Totally.
0: You know, and there's like the other one if we're going to both butcher quotes yeah, together butcher, butcher. uh <laughs> there's another one that I'm going to butcher which is like uh all the smartest people think that they're ignorant and all the ignorant people yeah. are most like confident about their intelligence something that, like that. This. that yeah idea. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're like somewhere <laughs> I'm like trying to a, think it's like an else airstrike to, on something else to butcher. quotes yeah <laughs> three of those words are in the quote yeah yeah you know? exactly yeah, yeah. Um, just make sure to include lots of those and ands yeah you know, so, so i'm just gonna and, uh, drop that and then t- tell you about how ignorant i am yeah. <laughs> see what i did there
1: <laughs> so so i guess that's yeah it, it's do you have any thought or ideas around how to instill that in yourself how to find that excitement in being a beginner or is that too nebulous of a of a question
0: Um, I think it's, it's just a part of my life. Um, the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to pursue your peak expression because when you do that, you, uh, you become self-aware in a way that is honest and authentic and genuine. Like when you're posturing as, as, uh, someone who is pursuing their best self, if you're faking it. Then you, you actually are uninterested in knowing the truth. Right. Right. Because you got to like wrap up this whole story together about how dialed in you are and, and you got to play the game. Yep. If you're actually pursuing it, like best practices win naturally. That's how performance works. So if you're pursuing your best self, then you start to, to you have to know where you stand, for example. Right, like if I'm gonna, so to use, let's use a baseball example. If I want to play professional baseball, this is like how I spent 20 years of my life. You got to know what that means. I think one of the things that really helped me with that goal is when I looked my, you know, parents or my teachers or my friends in the face and said, "I'm gonna be a professional baseball player." Yeah. I wasn't just a dumb little kid saying that that would be pretty sweet to have a baseball card. It was guess what? Guess what I'm doing after homework? I'm in the backyard getting after it. Not because someone told me to, but because I have this goal and I'm intrinsically motivated to do the things that I honestly believe are required of me. And as you grow inside of a pursuit like that, you start to realize where am I and where do I need to go? Mm -hmm. And if you're genuinely pursuing it, it behooves you to have a realistic view of yourself, right? If you... Are posturing and think that you are the man in your thing, then you wouldn't work as hard or you wouldn't do the the groundwork to to achieve the goal because you would allegedly believe that you are you're already there. For example, and so that self awareness teaches you the importance of something as simple as staying to the process. Like the the reason why. I believe so strongly in the process and questions like what are you becoming is because that is the approach that pays in performance. You know, performance wants to remove all the emotion from from our actions. Performance is only really interested in best practices, right? More points equals better. Hmm. I don't really worry about like if, if you're sad or you're tired or you're you're happy or whatever. Yeah. We have to get down to business. And the process is the place where we can keep our hands on the dials and have some sort of control on the outcomes all of sport and performance and life if you want to get super meta with it is managing some number of things that you can control and doing your damnedest to shift energy and attention away from the things that you can't control Mm. and as performance the the environment that you're in as it gets more aggressive more high performance that matters more and more and more, right? When people are shooting at you and you're worried about like your, your feelings or how the last 10 minutes of your life have gone, you're now a worse warfighter, right? You got to get to the moment or you're being a worse warfighter. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Right. Same thing with, you know, baseball in a much more relaxed environment, but still in, as you move up the ranks, those things matter, matter more as well. And, if I want to bring in a pity party into the batter's box because I'm O for my last 14 and my life depends on, my paycheck depends on my success in the next at bat, that's nice and all, but that doesn't help you in this moment, right? So what do we need to do? We need to get back to the process. And what am I bringing into this box? Some amount of preparation and effort and an attitude. And I need to figure out how to get those things on board with the task at hand. Yeah. And, you know, I just really like the rigor the accountability of these true North type pursuits, they teach you, you know, they teach you to be a beginner and be humble and get back to work and dial in the things that you can control because that's how you win, you know? And I'm not saying I win at everything. Like I'm actually really good at failing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what like baseball was all about, you know, is is teaching you how to, to manage that. And so, if you pursue the hard things, I think our hardest thing, you know, your best expression is always going to be a challenge. Then I think you will learn lessons that you just can't learn when you're posturing as something else or you're you're pursuing things that aren't uh, that don't serve you. Yeah, you know, they, they they don't they don't come with that sort of action-packed accountability right. you know you heard a book called Mind Gym yeah yeah
1: I bet you'd be right up your alley unless after. there's
0: like a bunch of because it, it sounds seems like, like a common name I, I've read a
1: book called Mind
0: Gym Is it it's little, a little, little white one yeah I only yeah.
1: I only read little white books okay <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna I'm gonna write that down. Of of I'm gonna make a note of the that thing, the marketing. Thing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh but in that it gets in it's uh, there's like a lot of baseball analogies, yeah. And the guy talks about he all He talks that about stuff.
0: A Rod in that one, right? A Rod. He's a cy- he okay. He's yeah. a psycho. I can say that on the air. Yeah. yeah. What's <laughs> his line he says? He goes, I oh, no. it, I think there there might be a like a, a profanity in there, but it's something like you can swear, by the way. Yeah, I just don't know what it is. It's something crazy that he would say to him, like a mantra, like mm. "I smash baseballs." I smash, like whatever, like it's just in mindless type of mantra like that, you know. And he, right. would, yeah, he'd watch himself on ESPN and just like, rah, 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 rah. Right. yeah.
1: It would be crazier if he said it in the third person. A-Rod smash he, baseball. <laughs> it might be that would be like, like a He's no worse. on the
0: cusp. <laughs> I feel very comfortable saying that on here. <laughs> if you're listening, Alex. Hey, Ron. I'd love to have him on. That'd be great if you're listening. I don't know if you'd love me. to have him on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, <see. laughs> if you're
1: listening now, it's on. Uh, but in that in the in that little white book, it gets into something that I I've noticed with uh, playing volleyball. You know, is getting too ahead of yourself. You know, so me as if I'm you know if I'm in a hit like spike, mm-hmm. I t- for me to get to the point of being able to spike. My pass has to be immaculate, Mm, right? So my pass, if that's good, then I'm gonna get a good set. Yeah. Then the ball's self hitting, right? But if I'm so excited, it's coming to me, oh, it means I'm going to spike, yeah. I lose. You give a B plus or I give a, B a B minus pass, yeah. and then I get a C minus, yeah. you know, set, mm-hmm. and then my spike is, is bad, and it's yeah. like that's the that's the course of the game. Yep. And that was one of the, the analogies that he utilized in reference to, like, baseball or something, but, like, getting people back on their game when they're in that yeah. situation.
0: The, the baseball version is, you know, if we grabbed, like, a couple beers and a couple hot dogs and we were at, like, a Dodger game, we'd be enjoying a baseball game. Some things would happen, some things wouldn't happen whatever but for the players on the field their game and it's going to sound cliche but their game happens one pitch at a time meaning yeah, that's it i'm gonna win this pitch now if you're playing left field that sounds crazy to a spectator but the left fielder will and there's like actual physical strategies for this like if you watch um ichiro suzuki was a you know he's perennial Hall of Famer um, outfielder for the Seattle Mariners for a long time. A baseball writer observed this, that he was playing right field, I believe. And between every pitch, he would look up in the stadium to the same place every time, almost like he wasn't paying attention, dazing off. And then he would come back and then he would do the same right foot, left foot pre-pitch routine. Mm. And, he asked him about this behavior and it wasn't him just dozing off in the outfield. It was a strategy and we had the same, we were very fortunate at the university of San Diego to have a sports psychologist and mental skills coach. And there's different strategies to come back to the moment and everybody had like their own thing, but I had the same one as each row's every single stadium that I played in. I had a specific landmark that would be my place to look to reset to the moment. So you're not bringing a past experience or the previous pitch into the next pitch or thinking and worrying about the next pitch into this current moment right and so what he was doing was resetting and so at the highest levels when performance really really matters what we know is that an individual or a team that is able to separate the game from pitch to pitch rather than from inning to inning or game to game or week to week can make adjustments faster and therefore um, uh perform better in like a macro sense. So even as boring as that could be for an outfielder. You know, if you watch a baseball game, they don't do shit. They stand out there in the outfield and <laughs> this is why like when little league we pick daisies or something in the outfield cuz there's <laughs> nothing happening. But you can't afford to what we would call miss a pitch. That's very low performing existence and the f- the the mental toughness section of that lesson is you can pick daisies every single pitch of the game and a ball might not be hit to you Mm. but if you what we would call miss a pitch where you're not mentally in the moment for that pitch well and a ball is hit your way that is going to cost you a step or a second or a judgment that is clearly a lower performing expression of yourself and so Mm. Every single player is a psychopath about their attention to detail and preparation for every single pitch. Of course, not everybody's each row that has a, a thing, or me that has a thing in the stadium that they're going to look to to reset, but they are coming into each and every single pitch with a plan, and then the pitch happens. Ball's not hit to me, reset. Next pitch. Routine, preparation, plan, ball's not hit to me, reset. And that's mindless work you know but but in order to perform perform at the highest level that's how you have to sort of mark it down and what's interesting about that is that's how it's manifested in the actual performance like friday night lights under the under the lights game time situation but when we look at practice at the highest level that's also what we see is that if you can get more information out of a practice session then it's obviously a more valuable practice session and uh I was fortunate enough to like study a lot of this in school and and um obviously practice it in real life but there 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 are names for these things and there there are uh academic insights into what we see in things like sport one of which is a concept called deliberate practice true right and I you, you, I'm sure you've you've bumped into this but there's there's three criteria generally speaking to make something qualify as deliberate practice and the first of which is that you need a clear stretch goal meaning when you're practicing you have a clear challenge in front of you right if you don't know what the goal is then it's hard to focus on it right so if you have a clear stretch goal then you're you're sort of in the game the next thing is arguably the most important is that you get immediate informative feedback Mm -hmm. okay so if i'm learning to play the violin which i don't know how to play. The stretch goal would be playing Mary had a had Mary what is I was, it? How's like <laughs> Mary had a little, like had Buck, a little lamb? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, i almost <laughs> butchered that. Mary had a little lamb is <laughs> a stretch goal to say for me, okay? It's playing that on the the violin. Now, if i give that thing my best shot, <laughs> playing it sounds horrible. And i finish the whole song and then my understanding of that practice session was that was a poor sounding version of mary had a had a little lamb that's one version of practice well deliberate practice increases the information that we get so it is aware enough to to hear that first attempt at the first note and it's and i know in that moment that is a deviation from what i'm seeing on the paper and I know immediately that that is an error and I can get information from there and adjust. So now I'm making adjustments and I'm getting information from note to note yeah. rather than from song to song, right? And so w- the the third element of deliberate practice is the, the focused repetition, right? And so you can imagine that there's one kid in one room who's just cranking out Mary had, had a little lamb like a thousand times, uh, mindlessly, like that, that one sounds bad, that song sounded bad that song sounded bad and there's another kid in another room who is practicing and every single stroke of each note is information for that kid one minute then of deliberate practice is greater than much greater than in terms of value than one minute of just regular practice we'll say Mm. and uh again like why do we know this well it shows up at the highest expressions of performance, you know. The it the it's it's, it's it's the fringes, the tails of the bell curve that I think that we can really sort of like turn up the burners and learn tried and true principles. You know, it's it's hard to to learn a lot about mental performance at the highest level uh, when you're dealing with mediocre expressions of of performance you got to look at someone like itro who's a master of their craft why does this work Mm -hmm. how did you get so good what does your preparation look like and it just so happens that um best practices emerge at the highest levels you know yeah
1: yeah i feel like most people in modernity and like modern culture for any culture are playing what's the position? Out left field or whatever. Yeah, outfield. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And, and and it's like we end up missing our pitches, I think. Yeah. You know, so it's like we're out here picking daisies. It's like I'm just like regular Joe, mundane, whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's it's that lack of attention to the detail of the way that you breathe and walk and conversate with people and approach your writing or reading you, how deeply do you read books right. do you read books to feed your ego and right. say like I read six books yeah, this week Like, did it. you really read any books Right. you know and I, I think that if you can put that type of intention and detail into the way that you approach yourself your life your relationships your work whatever all of a sudden a pitch gets hit your way and you well, yeah. I won Yeah. right but yeah. it's it's that it's the intention piece that I think we miss and in all this movement whatever stuff spills into just who we are as as people yeah you know
0: is that something that you for sure and you know this is this is getting into a a topic that um i'm spending a lot of time with i'm I'm this sort of bridging into sort of what i'm writing about a lot lately and you know of course the kids that pick daisies in the outfield don't want to be in the outfield right exactly you know who who is fired up about being a left fielder is <laughs> out there picking daisies. It, it those things are at odds with each other. They they really are, right? And so I think that the takeaway here and this is what we're realizing, this is the argument that I'm trying to present, you know, is that when we pursue your peak self, you are you're invested in how you go about your business, right? Like when when we are just sort of passively moving through life without this, like you said, attention to detail and whatnot, um, you can't really blame us for not having attention to detail if you're doing something that doesn't light you up. you know yeah. you d- you d- I mean, so, where is it that we should dedicate our time? Where should we commit our 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 efforts to? uh how should we make our decisions and the argument that I, that I would like to make is that it behooves us in a straight up utilitarian way to chase the things that give us purpose and fulfillment and stretch us right because you will for sure operate at a lower level if that's not where you want to be
1: hmm.
0: you know i i can't ima- i couldn't have imagined there's no version of picking daisies when you're a catcher because you're in dirt, uh, right? But if there were daisies to pick, yeah, I, you know, it, it, that that is where I wanted to be, and, and furthermore, not just where I wanted to be, I was so invested in the idea of transcending my current ability that I had to do everything I could in the moment to soak that up, to maximize my time, right? It 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 was all self-regulated by the fact that it, I was. Uh, I was in intrinsically motivated to to uncover my peak expression. Now, if I was playing soccer or something I didn't want to do, or if I was in like a, you know um, I don't know like if my parents signed me up for like a Boy Scout deal or something like that, I, show me where the daisies are at because this is not where I'm about. Yeah, you know. And so I think the the lesson there is we got to do the hard thing and we got to pursue what you really want because it's only in those places that you can delve like a crazy person into uh, a deliberate practice you can uh, you know build a large body of work you can understand commitment in a way that you can't understand when you're faking it you know what about the adversity thing this is sort of the the progression of the argument that I'm making in, in the book beyond your ability to um develop a large body of committed deliberate work you are more resilient to adversity right like what 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 about when when shit gets weird for you i mean all of us are going to face adversity that that's part of the gig it's for everyone in some way shape or form the frequency or the intensity maybe is a variable how it shows up but we're all it's not going to go i'm sorry to break this to you but it's just not going to go the way we think it's going to go right now, if you are in environments and pursuing things that give you specific purpose and are tied to your core and make you feel like a, a brighter expression of yourself, do you think you're more apt to finding a way to hold on to that? You're, you're less likely to quit. You're more apt to buckle down. You know, like it's like that meme where it's like the guy throwing up the papers and he's like, fuck it, I'm out of here or whatever. It's a like, good, good meme. Y- it's a great meme. <laughs> like, fuck it, it's Friday. And he's, like, throwing up all the papers. Like, you say fuck it and quit out of a job when shit gets gnarly in your life, and that's not where you need to be. Right. You know what I mean? There's nothing that you or or a stranger on the street or my parents or a friend or a family member, there's nothing that anybody could have done to me to dissuade me from pursuing that thing, that that in that baseball example. Mm. The same is true now of of the gym. The same is true now of uh the book project. Like good luck trying to get in the way of this goal because it's the right goal for me. Yeah. You know? Uh and not for nothing, if you've ever experienced the highest expression of a flow state, you understand that in those moments it is an you cannot compete with that experience in terms of utility in terms of personal fulfillment and joy in in terms of just the 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 response you know neurologically you know that that is that is in many ways like we're we're seeing the 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 purpose of life in a lot of ways right mm-hmm. pursuing this this peak expression, and when we dig into the the science of flow states the you know the biggest expression the most valuable expressions of flow happen at the intersection of our highest level of preparation and an equal and opposite challenge mm. so when you spend 10 20 years diving into something with extreme passion and you continue to evolve it by exposing yourself to greater and greater challenges that is where the money's at you know that and that and and I I've felt that and I want to feel that again and so that goes back to this endless sort of forever relevant pursuit that we talked about before what what are you becoming yeah. you know and there's 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 two variables there are you moving the needle on your craft and are you continuing to put yourself in position to to challenge yourself you know cuz someone who's a, a master <laughs> You know I mean, imagine like Michael Jordan playing against the the local John Adams middle school. It's like that's a that's a wasted genius right you know I mean imagine you take one of those middle schoolers and you put' em, you put' em in the starting five for the clippers. It's like that's just hilariously mismatched to the point where the there's no there's no feedback there's no chance to compete but when you have Michael Jordan the greatest basketball player allegedly of all time in game six of the finals with the flu getting IVs at halftime you got the greatest of all time with the greatest challenge of all time and that's when you get Michael Jordan game six and that's where you get the chills that I'm getting right now you know what I mean that's life I'm thinking about wow that's a really loud (laughs) play
1: we were debating whether it would be okay to do it outside and there's our answer (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, it sounded okay, good in my
1: headphones. I don't know. No, I, that was the first one. I'm sure there's, like, heaps of sound that's happening. But that was the first one that I was like, it was actually coming through for yeah. me. But Are we dead? Should we quit? We're dead. That's It's over. Cancel your show. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're reminding me of um, anti-fragility and Nassim oh, Taleb no and, all you that didn't. and all that stuff as you're talking. Nassim Taleb is my one yeah, I say his authors. name wrong. I'd love to have him on here. I don't, I think he's kind of like hard to track down. Yeah, he Nass- is. Nassim, and if you Nassim.
0: do, I'm going like fanboy in the window. You should fanboy. I'll call you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll come on. Nassim, Nassim. Do you, do you follow him on Twitter? Yes. You see him deadlift? No. Dude, how is it? It's great. Yeah. He, dude. So he's. I'm fanboying so hard yeah, right now. Yeah, do it. I that's love good. this guy. This will increase uh, our odds of having one. dude. So, <laughs> not only is he, in many ways, a contemporary philosopher on a level that that we really need right now, mm. um, the dude lifts weights, man, mm. and he's into it. He goes heavy. Mm. Deadlift—that's his whole thing. And he—he he actually, uh, did you read *Anti-Fragile*? Yeah. Or yeah? Yeah, yeah, he mentions it a little bit in there. It's like a quick reference, but uh, <laughs> what what I want to tell him over a bottle of, uh, what is he into? He's into uh, uh, a certain kind of wine he talks about all the time. You like kind of stalk him. Though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm willing to say that. Um, <laughs> He's got a great hip hinge. Yeah. He loves a, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, loves yeah, a yeah, good yeah, Merlot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. us <laughs> see. Yeah, for sure. I'll wear that. That's fine. Proudly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh <laughs> he has this whole thing about the stimulus of training mm. needs to be needs to be substantial so he is like he- like heavy on max effort method right which what he doesn't know cuz he's too busy making like nine figures when everybody else is losing money mm. <laughs> what he doesn't know is he is butting up against the conjugate method which is like a, a a, method, in controversial method inside of the world of powerlifting. Mm. And it's adapted from like uh, older sort of Russian influences. And it's just got a lot of cool history or whatever. And he's sort of just stumbled upon it because he's just hypothesizing. And it's really cool to see him like accidentally sort of butt up against that, you yeah. know. Um,
1: Can you get into what the conjugate method, conjugate method is?
0: Yeah, so uh, it's really misunderstood I think a lot basically there's a the most modern expression of it is uh west side conjugate method there's a gym in ohio that's is this louis simmons yeah louis simmons pretty controversial you know like they would they would claim and in a lot of ways rightfully so that they're the strongest gym in the world and uh mark bell claims that too yeah he claims the strongest gym in the west uh and he's been to west side so he's smart li- good enough to good say language that, yeah, yeah. Um, you know a uh, couple things conjugate essentially just means like a change right so it's changing of ex- exercises a constant rotation of exercises and one of the biggest things is this idea of um, max effort method is that the best most effective way to develop peak max effort expression is to stress the system in that way mm. now the problem with that, and this is something that we know about the human body, is that if you stress the central nervous system in the same kind of way, let's say with the same kind of lift for like three weeks in a row or more, uh, we start to go backwards. It's too much stress, right? Are we, getting, Are we dead? Are we under attack? It's getting bad, this dude. This is Venice, man. He's just... Oh, dude, I was out surfing the other day.
1: And all of a sudden, you might have remembered it, not to, but, well, I'll I'll interrupt. Well, there was, there was like three helicopters doing what these guys are doing to us right now. And they were like stalking something. There was some crime happening. Oh, I was yeah. really curious what was happening. And uh, I'm like stupidly like asking people in the water, like, like what is this happening?
0: Yeah, it was probably like just another day. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, normal, I think that was man. Tuesday. I think that's yeah, what it was. That's just normal. But they were
1: doing what this asshole's doing and just ruining the
0: whole vibe. Yeah, uh, they might be peeling off here soon. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's peeling directly into us, actually. In fact, Are right we dead? Now. <laughs> no, we're here. Um,
1: it sounds great in my headphones, so. I think it has to be strongly interrupted right now. Do you think? <laughs> Do you really think? <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah, with no sound, you can see it just popping off oh, the, off no, the dizzle. Oh, my Should we call it a pause? He's literally circling around us. I mean, I'm going to include this anyway because this is this is all great information. Did you, get, like, Straight. cut to commercial or something?
0: He's
1: just literally going in circles. Hey,
0: maybe this isn't even legal. Maybe we can't record. <laughs>
1: Maybe we're out, yeah. Maybe. So I've been recording all that. I'll figure out how to edit all that correctly. Is there, what's your cat's name? Gato? Uh, angel. Angel. Yep. Is there any turds here from this <laughs> angel?
0: Good,
1: man. All right, kid. Angel. You. So you have a 20-year-old cat, dude. That's right. That's next level. Yeah. We, she's, she's doing it. We were digging into some good shit out there. I don't even remember. I'm completely lost. We were in talking tra- about, train of uh, Oh, conjugate training.
0: And uh, conjugate method. yeah. Uh, Long story short is you can imagine what would happen if you tested your one-rep max back squat every Monday into um, the rest of your life. You You might see some, like, maybe training adaptation early on, but eventually it wouldn't behoove you, right? It's the reason why it seems silly. You don't need to be a master coach to understand that if you want your deadlift to go up, that we need to do things other than just try your heaviest deadlift possible every time you train right and uh, the conjugate method does a lot of things the largest of which in my opinion is it's willingness to constantly rotate exercises and this can go on forever and this is part of the reason why it becomes a little bit controversial but we see uh, the opportunity of the variance in training allows us to continually see adaptation. Many strength programs have required segments of some sort of deload or like a reset, right? You can only take an adaptation so far and then you have to sort of like switch it up, if you will, for lack of a a gnarlier term. Hmm. Well, if I want to improve my deadlift, for example, and that simple stress of that same movement is not enough to continually uh, provide a necessary stimulus for the body, then I can consider a whole host of other special exercises. I can consider almost an infinite amount of variations of just the deadlift, let alone any other movements. So we see like, well maybe we can take some deadlifts off of blocks so it's a little higher off the ground. Maybe sometimes it's at a deficit. Maybe sometimes it's with a weird bar. Maybe sometimes uh, we do it with gear. Maybe sometimes we do it without gear. Maybe sometimes we do it with straps, not with straps. This grip, that grip. Sometimes we pull against chains. Sometimes we pull against bands. Sometimes we pull from pins, right? Sometimes we pull into pins. Sometimes we add a pause, right? And then this goes on forever and ever and ever. And you can include many different combinations to the point where we can stress the system in a way to get adaptation uh, indefinitely, without theoretically without the need for some sort of deload. Now, that is like this big overarching concept about one sliver of what is commonly practiced as the conjugate method, in terms of max effort method, but that does a lot of other great things in terms of uh, the inclusion of speed training and accessory movements to build up weaknesses. Um, it's just a very thoughtful training approach, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And what Nassim Taleb sort of is accidentally bumping into is this idea of the need for stress in the system. Like, he he views the body like he views you know anything else in our our world including things that you can bet money on and buy (laughs) options for right is that um a system will continually respond to unknown and unknowable stresses you know and uh the moment that we begin Mm -hmm. to build a fence around what is possible then these sort of um Unexplainable, unpredictable events will happen. You know that this is the this gets into the basis of his options trading, right? Is he coined the term the the black swan, yeah. right? And this is sort of like a variation of the figure of speech when pigs fly. You know, it's like a medieval uh, f- phrase. You know, uh, referring to a black swan because, of course, in all of Human experience with swans, they're all white, you know, and this is a big joke, right? Like, well, that's a black swan, you know, that'll never happen. And then it just got super awkward when some explorers in Australia actually saw a black swan and realized that, like, well, shit, that (laughs) pigs do fly, fuck, you know, (laughs) it's one of those, right? And so his argument is that there's no, you know, number of specific observations about the past that can justify a general prediction of the future. There's a lot of cool ex- examples, a lot of cool takeaways from that. You know, he does a great job of illustrating that with. Uh, he mentions it in, in, I think, at least two of his three books. Uh, the the turkey, you know, if you remember that example, no. all right? So we can all maybe understand this one. So you know, a turkey is born. We'll say day one, bell rings at noon, out comes the farmer, and that then he one. throws out the feed, and then the next day the You know, turkey's walking around cruising on the the grass and then at noon the bell rings and then he throws out some feed and everybody's eating and so on and so forth. And after 999 days of this, the turkey, you would imagine, would uh, be quite confident in, you know, the sun rising tomorrow. And then at noon a bell would ring and out would would come the feed. And on the 1,000th day, the turkey is a couple years old now and plump enough to be a thanksgiving feast and it's the day before thanksgiving and instead of the bell ringing at noon the cleaver comes out and off goes the turkey's head Mm. and you know if the turkey was a stock trader you know the turkey would say that well we could have never predicted this right we never could have accounted for this and he says well that's a point Markets are gonna crash. Nine Eleven type events are gonna happen. These sort of outlier events that don't fit inside of your model don't don't work in the real world. The argument that we couldn't have foreseen this, in and of itself, proves the relevance of the 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 Black Swan. And uh, it's a super interesting perspective. Um, he's sort of leading the charge on like what risk really is you know like he, he tells some funny stories about consulting for casinos he goes we, we want to understand what our risk is he goes you there's no risk you're you're printing money no but people can win it's like no it the game makes it to where you always win <laughs> like if you did this into infinity there's no chance that you lose this is what we've set up there's this is not risk you're not understanding what risk is and uh i just love him for his like he's sort of revolutionary in his rigorous desire to apply skin in the game accountability to everybody. And where he ruffles feathers is in academia and politics because those are the places where we often see uh, exceptions to the rule of skin in the game. Right. is the reason why, Politicians can fail but not really lose anything, not really fail. You know, it's the reason why in corporate America there there's insulation to skin-in-the-game practices where entrepreneurship at the corporate level stops being real entrepreneurship. So I can be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company and then have 14 straight quarters of losing business and still get a $20 million uh, bonus package at the end of the year like that is not skin in the game skin in the game Mm. means you actually are susceptible to the events that occur occur and you earn both success and you earn failure and I think that's that's just an inspiring guide for me having true skin in the game I mean I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur so I'm obsessed with that reality yeah you know betting on yourself and and the finger is always pointed inward when you lose, and the finger then theoretically could be pointed inward if you win as well. Yeah.
1: I have a half-cooked idea of, uh, is that a phrase? Half-cooked? Half-baked?
0: Kind of yeah. like... Here, here's what I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> the purpose of language is to convey a message. Right. And I heard loud and clear what you're saying. Right, you know appreciate what I appreciate mean? that. Man. So I think we should make up more words, <laughs> yeah. uh, including figures of speech that don't exist. So yeah, I'm right. right there with you. Yeah. Half so for I w- sure. I
1: was recently looking at uh, the, and we will wrap up like right now because you probably have like dinner. No, you're turkey, fine. you have like a metaphoric turkey to eat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, uh, but I was looking at um, the, what's, what do you call it? Like charts on the tendencies of real estate in the United States okay. you know and like watching these inevitable corrections or yeah. crashes or slides and then it comes up and then it comes down yep. and then it comes up and then it comes down yep. and it's it's really interesting seeing that, and then looking at like all those all those things are just, that's just imaginary information that we've all agreed to believe in essentially. Yeah. My house is worth $400,000. Yeah. It's like, okay, what does that actually mean? It's like, yeah. well,
0: we all agree. Yeah, totally. Okay, great, perfect. What do you, do you know? mean by house? What do you mean by dollars? <laughs>
1: right. but, yeah. but so the half-cooked idea, half-baked, is um, it's interesting when we see those, those market trends or whatever, and those are all manifestations of, I think kind of human psychology. This is the half-baked part. This is yeah. literally just coming to me right now, it's so good. I apologize. No, I apologize. I apologize I'm, I'm in advance. With you right <laughs> now, I'm in, the, I'm in it. You know, it's, yeah. so it's interesting to see that manifest on like these paper statistic forms, mm-hmm. and see that I think there's. It's that's kind of a representation of of human psychology how we have these ups, 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 and then we have these kind of personal crashes. And then we go in and we learn and we resettle, and then we have come back up, 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 you know. And every time it's crashing, we think it's going to crash forever. And every time it's raising, we think it's going to raise forever. Yep, and
0: and in reverse, so this is Nassim gets into this a little bit as well, and and probably so do a lot of people right right now, somehow. So when you are researching, like how did you do it? You looked on the internet or something. Yeah, I'm sure okay. it's all bullshit. Was so, no, that's no, probably legit or yeah. whatever. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe fifty, not. 50 chance. Yeah. Either it was or it wasn't. I'm like, lie to me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Tell, me, tell so, me everything's good. <laughs> so you're you're looking at the, the the graph, if you will, Sure. whether that's what it actually looked like or not. Yeah. In reverse, there's a story there. Here's what it does: it goes up, and it goes down, and then it goes up, and it goes down. But we got to be careful because that story makes sense in reverse. But going forward, it's not fair to say that that's what the market does. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. Because things happen like that right up until they don't. Mm.
1: Black Swan. Black Swan.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the surface level view of, uh, you know, risk, people in risk analysis, you know, the, the stereotypical example is like a, a stock trader or an options trader because that's sort of what they do but anyone who na- uh, you know looks at risk needs to be really careful of that sort of narrative fallacy because you look at that chart and you be like dude it's down now it's going up yeah right based on what because it's done that before Thanksgiving turkey man what, what if we don't know what down really is you know right like uh, what if we've never really seen up you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, it's a stupid example, but it's the first thing that came to my head. It's like, uh, the only scene I can remember from Waterworld is when Homeboy <laughs> is, uh he's selling like a, it's like a potted, shitty potted plant. It's like the most valuable thing that anybody could ever have because it's like genuine soil. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's right. like, so the circumstance made something seemingly invaluable or seemingly, uh Value-less. without value yeah. <laughs> uh, virtually priceless right and so it's 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 funny um the argument that Taleb makes is you know your most people who are betting money are betting for a small return on a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance that they will be right and the problem with that is when you invest all of your funds you you put yourself you expose yourself in a way that you probably can't recover from with almost perfect certainty there's no such thing with almost perfect certainty for a little bit of return you're a sucker
1: hmm.
0: you know it's kind of like i don't want to get political but you know you hear the stories about the uh smartest men in the room you know Enron and uh the Bernie Madoff thing, it's very sad, like tragic stuff, you know, people are losing all their, their money and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, a market's a market and you put your money in what you put your money in. If you put your money in something that's not real Right. Who's responsible for that? For sure the guy's a criminal. But you you ex- you extended yourself. That that was an option. You don't want to refinance your house three times and put it into like a company that doesn't make money. Right. You know, and so we all need to – this comes back to, like, the ownership thing, the skin in the game thing. You, if, if you're writing checks, you got skin in the game. Yeah. And so when, when you lose it all, that that's what skin in the game means. If you play a game that you can't lose, that's not real risk. And uh, it's really interesting. You know, I, it's – I like entrepreneurship for that reason. Dude, you got to get Nassim Taleb on your show. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I have literally t- thought about like bumping into him in New York and just like trying to hold it together I'm going to
1: tweet him as soon as yeah. I get home
0: it's Lebanese wine <laughs> it's Lebanese wine look it up he talks about it all the time
1: <laughs> I, he probably drinks like $800 balls we, gotta, we gotta wrap this bitch up yeah. um, that was really good man that was like insightful I that's you think? like, yeah usually when I do these podcasts they all suck oh shit <laughs> sorry about it no, that was who good, was on this thing? <laughs> Jesus. yeah exactly Blackers. yeah um yeah, man. What? How do people f- learn about you and all like the final hurrah question things?
0: Uh, the internet. Uh, there's a blog on deucegym.com that I think is worth people reading. We're gonna try to make reading sexy again. Mm. So deucegym, D-E-U-C-E, gym.com is a blog every day. There's three thousand of them up there. Check, Whoa. check one or two of them out. Who, who's um, writing? Who's writing them? I write them. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, every day. How Well, every day during the week. Yeah, Monday How long? Friday. What's the time? What's the uh word? Oh short reads, man. Short oh. reads. That's that's the evolution of it, right? Like when you get good at writing, it doesn't have to be long.
1: I think Godin does that. Oh, he's Is a guy can't He's with him. I was on he's his email man. list for a while. I think it was him. Yeah. Does he, have you ever been on his email list where he no, sends little But that he, yes, sends little like just like yeah. little thoughts. Yeah, and I was and getting them every day. Eventually I stopped. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, Mr. Godin. No, but
0: he's yeah, he's the master. Brief and powerful. Um I am on Twitter usually stalking Taleb uh, <laughs> and Instagram at functional coach. I'm writing a book you can check out. It's at go Write book, which is sort of in the realm of what we talked about today. And uh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done and I need all the support I can get. So huh. let's go rock out on that <laughs> what guess. is what
1: is the go right go right book all about
0: uh it's sort of what we talked about before basically i'm putting together an objective argument for pursuing your peak expression so i i firmly believe that we are chock full of emotional reasons to do so yet we are in mass conceding our best selves and giving up on our dreams and not pursuing what we really want in our life. And to make matters worse, we are not just doing that. We're telling ourselves and anybody else who would listen that we're actually being more responsible by not doing that. And so rather than uh, just throw another pep rally for us to like stay in school and like be an astronaut and go for it. I still want to uh, be an astronaut. That shit doesn't work. So I figured I would make a bulletproof argument in tr- terms of the utility of you becoming an astronaut. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cool. Yeah. You can just work longer hours, you know, more deliberate practice. You understand commitment at a higher level. When adversity happens to you, you're more fit for that. You have an opportunity for the highest expressions of flow. And if you don't actually become an astronaut, you know what happens when you go for it full on, no plan B, fully committed, completely vulnerable, diving into it, and you don't become an astronaut what happens is you learn highly transferable skills that doesn't really matter. that don't have anything to do with being an astronaut that mean you're just a savage go getter killer that understands how to work hard and have attention to detail and dive into best practices and work in teams and blah, 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 blah. So go for it. Don't try to hedge your bet. And, uh, you know, at, at some point we all need a, Rational, allegedly a rational reason to do what we're doing, and unfortunately, a lot of us are rationalizing being a poorer expression of ourselves. So, the idea of the book was, in this is me being um, cheeky, but the <laughs> part of the idea of the book was you could read the book and still completely give up on yourself. But you couldn't tell me you were smarter for doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right. no longer be like, "Hey man, I got bills, bro." Like I totally would, but like making music's hard. It's like, sweet, you're you're killing me, bro. <laughs> we gotta live in this planet together, and I need you to be a little bit better, right? right? And your music sounds a lot better than your stupid TPS reports. Right? <laughs> you know. God. Nothing against TPS if you reports. If you're not gonna do it for you. Do it for me, or. I'm,
1: I'm thankful that I don't actually know what a TPS report is, but I've actually used it in sentences before. <laughs> Me too. In that yeah. same, but I don't oh, actually. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna press D record, I guess. And, D record. And Which button is that? <laughs> That's. Dude, you know, I'm trying to push the boundaries. It's not red. <laughs> this is anti-fragile. All right, thanks, brother, coming on. Appreciate time over and out line podcast and thank you once again for uh, for sigmatic for supporting this podcast and for bringing such a radical product to the world uh i utilize the cordyceps and lion's mane before any workout movement session that i do uh chaga mushrooms every morning as i'm traveling i always bring along some type of mushroom bl- blend for immune support and just overall vitality Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tim Ferriss has been loving that. Sean Stevenson, I believe, from the Model Hell Show as well, has been getting down on those. Um, So they are spreading like wildfire, and I highly recommend you checking them out. Um, Jump on to foursigmatic.com slash align for 10% off of your purchase. I can't recommend it more. Uh, foursigmatic.com slash align, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump on the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N-therapy.com. And then from there, a couple things you can do. One of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, You can utilize the Amazon affiliate link link uh, anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon please and thank you bookmark that link every time you do it we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show it is awesome so great as well something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you knows um, has ears and likes books uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align that's a u d i b l e trial Dot .com slash align and then from there that is uh, you get a free audio book from audible they have something like I don't know a bajillion different titles to choose from uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram I it's a huge book and uh, again all free no matter what size the book you get and that got me through I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really really amazing website uh, amazing service couldn't recommend it no more and And uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing. costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show. Boom! Um, Thanks so much for reviews on iTunes, that's greatly appreciated and thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting, thanks for for spreading the word. right, I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at therapy.com and I would love to talk. All right, see you guys.
0: Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.